Welcome, listener, to a very exciting episode of Michigan Soccer Central. We celebrate another team of the week. I have a candid, topical conversation with Michigan-based soccer writer, uh, Mr. Sean Spence. We talk about uh, the weekend in Romeo, the move to the USL Championship, and all sorts of manner of things. But first, the news of the day. Midwest United FC made it official that they are taking the mantle, taking the torch, so to speak, of USL League 2 in Grand Rapids. They announced that they are the latest team to join the USL League 2 in Michigan. So let's get right into that. Here is the Director of Coaching, Lewis Robinson. We spoke to our next guest earlier this season after the y- large Grand Rapids-based youth club ventured into the elite amateur realm and Midwest United came out with a dominant 2021 United Women's title winning season, really having an outstanding debut and were the cream of the crop in the UWS. And Midwest United's director of coaching, Lewis Robinson, returns to Michigan Soccer Central to tell us about two um, very big announcements and additions to the club. Welcome, sir, Mr. Lewis Robinson. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's uh, it's great to be back, and and always good to um, talk a little bit of shop with you. So I appreciate you uh, you having the conversation. Yeah. So um, a couple weeks ago, you announced the addition to the club of the USLW, and then just this week, um, earlier today, um, the club announced uh, you are an addition to um, the. Um, USL League Two. So, congratulations! Yeah, thank you. We're we're really excited about it. It's been a, as you can imagine, it's it's been a a long time in the works um, since really summer and um, seeing how the summer kind of ended out, and, and it's been something we've been looking to do for a while. And when the opportunity presented itself to align with the the success we've had with the women's side the last couple of years to um, to create that opportunity for our men as well is a, um, it's a no brainer and something we're, we're really excited about being able to take over and continue USL league two soccer, um, and, and bring it home in, in Grand Rapids. Like I said, in uh, the introduction, uh, Midwest United has been a presence in youth soccer in Grand Rapids and you, um, have many teams throughout the age groups, um, I think last time when you were on the show, we talked about there was 80 or so teams and you're just venturing into that uh, uh, senior level of competition. Um, you spoke about uh, uh, for the UWS team, it was uh, uh, an ability for the, the girls to come home and play all as one together after uh, moving on to college. And then um, now um, you're given that opportunity to uh, the men's side of your club. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's our, our end goal is we want to we want to be able to provide uh, both for the player, for the family, for the supporter and and for our community here in Grand Rapids. We, we want to be able to provide soccer at all levels for, for all levels of play, you know, and the club over the past few years has, has expanded to now we offer, you know, programming from three years old, uh, future stars and intro to soccer to, to local league, select soccer. Um, and recently we've added an ECNL program on the girls' side, an MLS Next program for our elite boys. And now now this partnership with USL allows us to provide a, a senior 
platform at the top of the pyramid um, for our top female players in the USL W League and um, in the USL League Two for for our men and our male players that that um, you know are in the area want to come home want want to play and and hopefully give our, our youth club something to aspire to be and and get to one day as well. So for a very long time, Michigan boasted uh, one team or occasionally two teams with Kalamazoo. And then for a long time, the Bucks in the PDL, which is now called the USL League Two. And uh, just this year, it expanded a great deal. And there was teams like Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids FC, Oakland County FC. And then now this year, we'll have the return of Ann Arbor or AFC Ann Arbor, it seems. Uh, and then... So now Midwest United steps into that position in Grand Rapids. Um, I guess, what does that mean to the soccer in that city? Yeah, well, I mean, Grand Rapids, as you've seen over the years, and, and the great work that Grand Rapids FC has done to, to, to captivate such a, an audience and get the city to be behind the club um, was amazing. You know, and in, in a smaller city, to be able to put together a product that, that they did with the Grand Rapids FC club was was huge. And I think... You know, due to a lot of different factors that maybe hurt in the end, um, from stadium use to COVID the last couple of years, it's been a challenge. And I think now we're able to take over. And I think with our club's resources behind the, the, the team, uh, we can at least guarantee maybe a more sustainable product and, and something that, you know, we can we can provide a continuous platform for the next few years and, and make it a little bit more long term and hopefully still do a lot of the great things that the GRFC has done in the last few years and hopefully still have engagement in our, in our local community and get some support from our city and um, be able to continue the rich tradition that, that is Michigan USL soccer like you mentioned I mean there's a there's a no shortage of top quality organizations and, and top quality clubs they're all, all very different and very broad in their style, in their fan base, and in, in the way they do things, and I think that's what's really exciting, and, and what we're looking forward to about that um, that men's side in, in the summer. Yes, yeah, so this year with the expanded uh, division of Michigan teams in the USL League Two, um, and it, it was wildly competitive, uh, lots of drama in just the first season, and so many games coming down to the wire. How's that going to be on uh, your uh, new men's senior platform, so to speak? Um, jumping right into that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's one of the strengths you have here, you know, in that Great Lakes division here. you got, like you mentioned earlier, you've got so many good teams and good clubs and, and clubs that do things the right way for the right reason that, that we're excited to align with those clubs in the league. But, but as you say, I mean, there's so many teams that, that you know are going to be great quality. And I think being around that division the last couple of few years at least like that it's one of the most fun parts of it is that beginning of the season you have no idea who's going to win it you know you, you know that it could be anyone and and there's five or six competitive teams in there that on any day can can be great and can give you a great game um and you know we're looking forward to being there i think i think our team will be largely uh local you know we're gonna we're gonna shoot for a a local player philosophy and and we're gonna try to stick to uh, so a lot of youth and, and a lot of young Midwest United Academy grads um, and maybe some current U19 players and use it as kind of the final step in their development pathway. Um, but, you know, I'll also obviously sprinkle in some of our senior players and um, 
some returning players, hopefully from the GRFC setup. But yeah, I think um, it'll be a good experience for them. You know, we're looking forward to our players um, getting that opportunity to play against some of the best in the in the region. That's an excellent opportunity out there. That's awesome. With all the 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 teams at this level across the state, lots of great players uh, are on display, and it's great for uh, Grand Rapids to have an opportunity at this level uh, once again. Um, so, with the with the fan aspect now more into the club, um, do you guys have uh, a venue for this USL League Two to play out? Yeah, we're uh, we're finalising contracts um, and and details, but but it's looking like we'll um, we'll be downtown uh, Grand Rapids at Aquinas College is, is the is the plan. Um, you know that's where our academies have played the last couple of years. It's a, a beautiful facility right in the centre of town um, that we think will be able to create a great game day atmosphere for everybody um, and, and a top quality playing surface and playing environment for for the top players as well. So um, cultivating a fan base out there, uh, is there going to be any sort of community outreach to the Grand Rapids FC fans that maybe haven't been turning out or the ones that, uh, you know, stuck it out the whole way with a GRFC? Like, to, is there any plans to, to reach out to those guys? Yeah, listen, I, I for sure hope so, you know, and, and, and it definitely won't. If, if they don't come and they don't come back to follow um, – you know, our, our team in blue, like, like the old team was, I think uh, it won't be due to lack of effort on our half. You know, we're, we're going to, we've had some great followings from, from the loyal um, Grand Rapids FC um, army that, that have, have followed us and, and of um, the Grand Army that, that have followed our women's team. Um, you know, because we went through this a couple of years ago when the GRFC women's team disbanded um, just because it wasn't able to, to function at the highest level anymore. Um, and we took that over as Midwest United FC. We had a, we had a real loyal following of um, of those fans that that really enjoyed just supporting the the elite players, and and I think really liked Grand Rapids' finest on show. And and they knew that as much as I think they all wanted, and we all wanted GRFC to continue, um, they knew that the long term future of the team and of the players and of the cre- of the product was only possible with Midwest United. And I think um, that that's what we made. And we do it for the players and we do it for the fans and we do it for the community. So I hope that, that there will be a following um, from those guys and, and we'll definitely be reaching out here now Now the team has announced. And, um, you know, I'm not sure we'll, it'll be exactly the same, but, but we're going to do our very best to make a, a fantastic game day atmosphere um, to you know, invest in our local communities to, to make it a place that, that the kids can come out and watch and, and hopefully be motivated and, and aspire to be on the field one day um, and, and just try to make the make the game better, make the game bigger in West Michigan, which is uh, what we're always trying to do. That's uh, very exciting. Um, As far as the USLW, that's the return of a league that hasn't been around in a while. And I know and you guys have announced the uh, you are entering the league as well as Ann Arbor. Um, what can you say um, about the how that's going to progress? What what is that gonna, competition going to look like? Yeah, you know, I'm really excited about this. I think it's it's we we had a great experience in the old league, and I think the, the USL um, getting back into the W League is something that they've been trying to do for the last couple of years. And and honestly, I'm I'm not sure if it's public, but they've been trying to do it the last couple of years, and. COVID put a real pause to it, right? They were actually planning on, on releasing that year and everything got put back. And now I think it, it may have actually been a benefit that, that we have paused for a year or two. And 
and they've jumped in. And, and as you know from the USL, they, they do everything the right way. Their, their league structure is excellent. They're, they're only going to partner with the right clubs. I think that to grow the women's game in particular, it, it's going to be a great step for us. And I think, um, you know, we're, we're really excited about the clubs and organizations that, that have already aligned. Um, I think that there's going to possibly be a couple more big ones coming um, that, that will make that league even more exciting. Um and yeah, I think it'll just be really good for our girls. And and you know, our women's team is a little bit more um, sustained. They've been around for the last few years. I mean, most of the players are already back, and and you know that team's kind of rolling already. And and you know, the men's team will be more of a new project. But um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to it and getting some some different teams. Like always, when you switch leagues, you're going to see a, a couple of new faces and a couple of new challenges, which is which is always healthy as well, right? And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. There's some some really good ideas and concepts within the league and I think the pathway to the pro division and, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, a women's open cup, which I think is the next step that, that has to happen. Um, and I think USL may be the organization to, to lead that charge and uh, try and put that together. It's wild to think that that's like not even on the, that hasn't really been on the radar that all that much. That's, that's exciting news that it, that is, uh, it, that it's being discussed. Yeah, oh, I said, and I said the same thing, man. I was like, you know, when I met with them, like, I think whichever league manages, I mean, it's it's wild, isn't it, in 2021 that, that we don't have a Women's Open Cup, you know, it, and, you know, it may be less teams, it, it may be more regional, but, like, the fact that it hasn't been done yet is, is crazy to me, right? It's, it's crazy that this wasn't done three years ago. So I think um, with enough decent amateur teams right now, um, and, you know, the, the Pro League is booming, I think it's... It's inevitable that it has to happen, right? Just for the, for the, maybe the the purity of the game, um, and and to get that out, hopefully sooner rather than later, I think would be a, a really cool opportunity in the women's game. Um, not to get, I, I guess I I am about to get serious, uh, spontaneously here, um, as being as deep as largely in the women's game. Um, what can we say about the, the stuff coming out out of the NWSL of like long tenured coach coaches, like having to leave positions due to abuses, like that just comes to mind just because it's so topical. I was literally just reading as, but right before we came on. Yeah. You know what? Me, me too. And I, and I, um, I just read it a little bit today as well. And and I'm, I'm, you know, full disclosure, I haven't done all the research, so I don't want to you know, make make too many comments or, or go in there without knowing all the info. But I definitely read a couple of articles today on what's going on. And, and it's scary, isn't it, to be honest? I mean, I think maybe that's, maybe it's showing of how, you know, the, the women's game has been mistreated. And, and I'm not sure if it's as much today as it is over the last 10 years, you know, from the outside. I think maybe now we're seeing a little bit of the, the ripple after effect of, of what's gone on and, how mistreated that the female game has been in the last 10 years, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's scary. I mean, when you read some of the articles, again, if it's, if it's true and, you know, I've seen a couple over the past few months of, you know, things that coaches have been accused of or have, have been, you know, found guilty of it's uh, obviously it's criminal, you know, and, and hopefully that's not happening anymore. And hopefully um, those people are, are out of the game and, and should never have been in the game. And, and we got a, a good group of, um, leaders in the game right now hopefully that's that's improving and uh getting it to where it needs to be yeah from a uh, large scale uh, to small there's uh <laughs> there's a uh, uh between world cups and qatar and the nwsl news of like i mean there's like what nine pro teams 
in that league and it's growing and you don't want it to slow down. I guess it just came to mind. Like, hopefully do you think that uh, it's enough forward momentum to get past? Like, you know, like I said, three out of nine teams having issues like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it has to, don't I? I think, I guess the positive is that, that they're being talked about, you know, and that people are coming forward again. seems like they have been coming forward and, and nothing has been done with it. Um, but it seems like people are, are, are brave enough and strong enough to, to keep coming forward and, and pass on the information, the relative information and the accurate information to hopefully allow the, the powers above us to deal with it. Right. And I, th- and I think that that's a, that has to be a positive, right. Even if it doesn't look great for the league and in, in the short term, I think, it has to be a positive step, right? Just to shine a light on what has gone on and what hasn't been dealt with the right ways and, and to make sure it doesn't happen again. I mean, that's, that's reality, right? So I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think it'll, like anything, sometimes it, it has to get a bit a bit messy in order to, to grow and, and move forward. So, yeah, hopefully that's what we're seeing right now. And I mean, the, the quality in that league has, has been great, right? It's, it's improved and I think the quality of players all over the world is, is improving so quickly that, Hopefully this gets figured out and they can put the right coaches in the right positions and the right leaders there and um, keep improving the game. Yeah, a bit t- tangential there, but uh, to bring it back, it's awesome that uh, your club is uh, providing a platform that, uh, so you're saying the UWS side, to bring it back to Midwest United, uh, your UWS side is going to shift over or is there going to be, um, is that going to stay put there and uh, that team that you had, this summer we'll move on to the USLW or will, um, are you going to inhabit the UWS at all? I guess. No. Yeah. This will be our, our new team. So our USL, you're sorry. If, I don't know if I misspoke to ever say UWS, our, our USLW league team, our UWS team from last summer will basically be making a switch over to USLW league. Yeah. So it'll be, you know, a large core of the same players. Um, you know, a lot of the players are, are our alumni from the club and, um, you know, I think a lot of them will be will be back and already are back. We've already sprinkled in a, a few new faces to, to freshen things up and improve the playing squad a little bit. So, yeah, it'll be um, hopefully an improved team from last summer. Mm. Bring it back to the, the news of the day. Um, Midwest United, the latest team in USL League 2. Um, what uh, spurred this move from... For Midwest United, like I said, you guys have been a, a long-time youth organization. Uh, what has occurred to make that turn into to, to making uh, those senior-level teams? Yeah, well, I think on some so some of it is it's been something we've always wanted, right? We've always I've always kind of visioned and, and we've always visioned at the club that we we have the ECNL on the girls' side, the MLS next on the boys' side, and we have a senior platform for the women, senior platform for the men. Um, you know, the last few years we've invested pretty heavily in the women's senior platform because it needed to, and I don't think anyone else was going to do it, and and we had to kind of lead the way with that. Um, and honestly, in the last few years, we didn't bother investing in the men's side because we had a very loose affiliation with Grand Rapids FC. Right? It was a lot of our coaching staff. It was it was a lot of our players. Um, changed every year, but but we felt like you know they they kind of held the mantle for the for the top team in West Michigan. And we were okay with that and it worked well. Um, and then, you know, just the last couple of years as, as that team, as um, you could kind of see it was, it was coming to the end. And then, 
this summer when they made the decision that they weren't going to move forward anymore with that club, it was just kind of the perfect opportunity for us, really, more than we, we felt there was a need, right? We think that Grand Rapids needs a USL2 team. Um, you know, we have to, we owe it to the league, we owe it to the city um, to showcase our best players. And I think that that's really important. And then um, when the opportunity came and, you know, we have a very strong relationship with USL, right? We have a lot of youth teams playing in USL's youth leagues. We, we say they, they, as soon as they announced they were having a women's league, I think we were one of the first clubs that sat at that table and had that discussion and knew that we wanted to align with them um, just from the way we'd done things with them in the past. And kind of when that happened, it, the men's team just became very, very simple and straightforward, right? It was almost a, a no-brainer as soon as GRFC announced that they were disbanding and weren't moving forward. It was almost... I think pretty obvious and clear. Maybe that was last time we talked that um, for us to take that over and move on as much as it, it is a lot of extra work for us and it is a, um, it is a lot going on, but, but I think it's a no brainer that we almost had to do it. And sometimes these things happen, right. When it's, uh, when it's just the the opportunity arises, you have to jump on it pretty quick. Otherwise it, uh, it goes away. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, following like summer league soccer a lot for the last few years like i've really definitely learned to appreciate the moment because <laughs> that moment you know there's just a handful of games and the teams come and go the leagues change each year so like i've really grown to um appreciate each game individually and each moment and opportunity individually or or that it you know there's no guarantee that we'll be able to you know just say we'll do it next year so i understand yeah. it there but yeah so, so what will change about Midwest United now that there's that other side, that other element, the the game day experience and the fan interaction kind of? And does it is there a marketing yeah. side added now? Yeah, well, well, honestly, not to um, move away from the from the fun soccer side to the maybe the boring business side of things, but I think the the biggest exciting thing is 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 that we have the ability and the resources to do this, right? We have a lot of the things that that as you say, as a as a follower and someone that's been involved in, in summer soccer for so long and, and I've done the same, um, it, it's hard to do, right? Because you've got such a limited window to play and to generate a, a product on the field, which in turn you try to turn it into a sustainable business um, and you're off for eight months, right? Hmm. So for, for most standalone clubs, it's it's very difficult, you know, to, to keep that going and to keep the doors open and to pay the bills um, and do it right. You know, for us, we, we own a, a beautiful training facility here in Grand Rapids that we own a couple of turf fields. We have long-term deals in place with a couple of facilities in town as well. So, you know, we lean on that with our, with our youth side kind of pushes that we have, we have a huge Adidas deal, uh, one of the biggest in the country, which helps in terms of equipment and which is a huge expense for everybody else. You know, we have full-time athletic trainers on staff. We have full-time marketing team on staff. We have an excellent admin team on staff. So, you know, we already have a lot of the really difficult things in place. You know, obviously we have it. We, we have no shortage of great coaches that can help out with the team and, and will join in with the team. And, and then most importantly, probably we, we have a, a an endless cycle of, of great players, you know, that naturally come through and our, our Midwest United through and through, you know, and they've played for Midwest United from some of them one year, some of them 10 years, you know? So I think when you combine all those things together, I think it's, I think it's, it's one of the only ways that you can truly guarantee that we're going to have a sustainable product on the field this summer and next summer and next summer, you know, and that's what we wanted to be able to do. And we do this, right. We don't want to have, one great summer and then think it's not worth it. Let's not do it again. Right. We want to make sure that it's, it's there for our players. It's, it's fun. 
it's a positive experience for our fans and our families and our kids. Um, and then when the season does finish in August, which you know that feeling and, and it's a bit heartbreaking and it all seems like it's flown by so quick that we know it's going to start again next April. You know, and I think that's that's really important for us. And um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think we're excited about being able to do that. And that may we may be a little bit different to some of the other clubs that that we can do those things. And I think um, if we do it right, I mean, there's definitely going to be some changes. Like our game day atmosphere has to be a little bit different. And, you know, a lot of that will come with the, with the stadium we move to and how we set that up. But yeah, I think, um, I think we should be able to do it. Very exciting. Very exciting. So that move will start in the, the summer of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're hoping in the next few days here to get a coaching staff announced. And I know the, the staff has already started on, on recruiting players and uh, start getting things moving. That's very exciting. Um, is there anything like, um, do you think uh, with like that, that, that bedrock you said of um, having um, all those things sort of in place and I guess with it being incorporated within a, a larger entity, the, the summer team is uh, one of many moving parts rather than like, the, like you said, the one thing that, that passes by for, uh, a couple months in the summer what kind of uh, ripple effects do you think of having like sort of like a solid bedrock that also has um that senior platform will do um just for for soccer in the city do you think well yeah hopefully it hopefully it changes it hopefully it, it freshens things up hopefully it you know gives our youth you know all over the city another team to come and watch you know we, we anticipate making it like like always making it pretty accessible to all um you know we want to make sure that our games are easy to watch and cheap to watch and anyone that wants to come and and watch high quality soccer can and i think that's um that's what's really important about any team and i think um doing that in our city i think we have a lot of a lot of great support a lot of people who are well behind it we're a a soccer crazy city as, as you've seen from GRFC and in, in their heyday when they were putting five or 6,000 fans in the stadium every week. Like, you know, it's there. I think it just um, needs to be a little bit rejuvenated and needs to get the city behind it a little bit more as well. Yeah. And, and Grand Rapids has uh, come a, an incredible way in, in you know, 20, 30 years. Um, it, it's at a point now where you think that a, a soccer team would, would do pretty well down there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can lead the way and uh, hopefully we'll show that, that that's right. And, yeah, I have no doubt that, that we'll have a quality organization and, um, and a quality team. And, and yeah, we can't, we can't wait to get on the field at this point for sure. Very exciting news. Um, Mr. Lewis Robinson um, with Midwest United, the uh, latest entrant into the very exciting uh, Great Lakes Division of the USL League 2. Uh, thank you so much, for joining the mid or uh, <laughs> for joining Michigan Soccer Central, sir. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and uh, as always, thanks for all you do for uh, bringing the game to more ears. Appreciate it. Michigan Soccer Central, 
Very excited uh, to announce our, or uh, introduce our next guest on this show. Uh, we've been trying to get as many uh, Michigan soccer perspectives as possible. We've had photographers, videographers, uh, commentators, coaches, and uh, club directors. And I'm really excited to welcome a soccer writer. So, uh, Mr. Sean Spence, thank you for coming on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. It's uh, absolutely my pleasure. And um, thank you for having me. Yeah, like I said before, uh, have a... Uh, Really enjoyed your writing for a long time, and it seems like we've got uh, a number of uh, personal uh, parallels. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about recent stuff. Let's start with uh, your most recent essays. Uh, the NISA season came to a conclusion on Saturday. Um, I really enjoyed uh, your writing on it. Uh, we're about, what, three days after that. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on the, the conclusion weekend? Well, you know... Um... Obviously, the the news of Detroit City moving to the USL championship sort of took the oxygen out of the room for the end of the Nisa season. Um, and, you know, City kind of work in workmanlike fashion saw the saw the season out at stars. Um, and then, <laughs> you know. I, I think that speaking for myself, and I believe for a good portion of the of the Detroit City supporters around the club, we were really ready for the match to be over and for to just kind of go okay, goodbye. Um, but that didn't happen because um, the owner of the Michigan Stars um, <laughs> stood at the gate and challenged people to fights. Um, and so that was that's the most recent thing I wrote about the the title is uh, George Chunkai wants to fight a mother blanker. I don't know how family friendly this uh, podcast is, but um, <laughs> I, my writing is not particularly family friendly. Um, and uh, at least not nowadays. Um, <laughs> and um, so, uh, you know, I wrote about that um, and about the kind of the ways in which the, this Nisa season is sort of disintegrated um, uh, from a from a organizational standpoint um, to where we wind up with you know an owner you know insulting supporters as they leave um, his his stadium uh, as the kind of final you know act of of Detroit City and Nisa. <clears throat> So were um, you amongst the that that last group leaving that single gate? I wasn't. I I actually couldn't be at the match um, because I have uh, the writing doesn't pay the bill. That's the one thing you need to learn about soccer writing is I've uh, it's a lot like folk music. There's just a couple hundred dollars we're all passing around here. Nobody's paying the bills, you know, writing about football. Um, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> I, oh yeah, I, not I, nobody, <laughs> but like not many people. Um, so um, the, uh, the, the, the I kind of forgot what I was talking about. Um, the, the the game on Saturday, um, I, yeah, you, I you weren't able it. to be there. I was working. <laughs> I was working um, during the the match, and um, you got off like about an hour after the match, and 
that was when I had to report out the story. You know, I'm kind of like looking at Twitter and going, what? People are like, oh, my God, we, you know, <laughs> George Shunkai just assaulted us at the gate. You know, here's some video of his wife slapping my phone out of my hand. Like, what is happening? Uh, so I start, you know, making phone calls. And and uh, and then I wrote, you know, what essentially was an opinion piece about the match and the, those events. Yeah, I went there on a Saturday night. It was a cold, wet afternoon in Romeo. For sure. It didn't, the replay didn't look like, this looks like a fun place to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll admit, I was there, uh, I had my Zamboni coat on, I, I was dressed up, but I was coming straight from coaching, so I only had like some, some as they say, trainers on, and I was pretty miserable. I, yeah. It, it was a pretty miserable uh, affair, and... um with the 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 kind of emotion that and the, just the the uniqueness of the matchup and it, what it was like you like you painted the picture you know uh rivalry that had the the wind taken out but there's uh plenty of um extras to be had i guess in a way right, right. um and I, I waited after the game for a while and it definitely seemed over i i'm i'm in somewhat of a a quest to talk to George and I waited for quite some time. And that, that conflict at the gate must've happened a long time after. Cause I, I waited in that end. I mean, everything has to funnel that one direction up there. Yeah. And he was kind of milling around at half. And then I saw, I think maybe one of another family member come over there and it kind of just got quiet and cold and miserable. And it almost seemed like um, the insults coming almost seemed like now that it was over, it almost seemed like punching down in a way. Mm. Um, like now that like the, what has transpired, like, so I was just, ah, my quest uh, to get him on record to go for another day. So I didn't get to see, I guess, in a way <laughs> what I thought might've happened the whole time. Yeah. I, I mean, this is all of a piece with um, the way um, Mr. Chunkai has comported himself consistently in competitive spaces. He, he, con his ego extends to the team um, severally and individually. And so, you know, insulting any of his large adult sons on the pitch is, is simply, you know, something he will not, you know, he like, he works himself into that kind of frenzy about this. And, you know, it's it's similar to what happens in a in a in a rough match where people's you know, like that stew of emotions, but he he summons it consciously and then and then plays victim after the fact. Um, and he's done this before. You know, we have the the swirly incident where he you know threatened uh, <laughs> threatened people with swirlies after the match. Um, the uh, players from another team. Um, yeah, can you, you know, tell me that? Can you tell me that story? Um, you know, well, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of legendary. It's, it's coming to me third hand now, but essentially, he um, there were some there was some an opposition team taunting um, the stars after a kind of very fractious. The thing is, you know, because they tend to play in those kinds of matches because they summon that kind of energy from the top you know that kind of like willful like like i'm gonna i'm going to i'm gonna construe everything that happens as a personal affront 
you know, that's kind of how they approach these matches. I mean, you're going to get into a lot of heated matches if that's the way you approach a football match, you know? Um, so I think I, – I don't remember who the who the opponent was. It was, it was uh, during the fall uh, tournament last year, the kind of one that no one was at, you know, yeah. um, the, the COVID tournament. Um, and, and a late goal, you know, that like they kind of collapsed at the end, um, and lost lost on a couple of late goals, and we're getting taunted. And George, you know, told them he was going to give them, he like was shouting that he was going to give people swirlies. Um, uh, I that's another like thing that happened that a bunch of people saw that I was, you know, I was furiously writing a match story at the other end of the pitch, you know, like I, I was one of the one of the people at, in the stadium, but I was hundreds of yards away you know like with my headphones on like <laughs> trying to trying to get a story out before the next before the next match started warming up yeah i want to go farther with uh your writing and your process but while we're on this topic of um the stars what with all of the the things that you just said about the history and um kind of like the way they receive things it does give Detroit city FC a unified uh, quote unquote, like a soccer enemy. And it, it provides plenty of uh, folklore. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess if you're like, if, if you were writing this and you'd say like as a heel and an opposition character, it's fairly well fleshed out, right? He's got an, an internal consistent motivation. It's just that that motivation is, you know, ego maniacal um and uh so you know sure um on the other hand um you know i think we can if we're going to branch the conversation out just a smidgen we can look around in the soccer world um let's like talk you know rory dames um just got dismissed from the chicago red stars and the stories are pouring out about his sort of empire of abuse and and um you know the kind of tyranny that people can exercise in these closed systems on on their victims and you know i have to wonder whether this is the kind of leadership that we want in position you know i mean i, I agree that the guy's money is his, is his own to spend um but you know if if i was say an organizing body like nisa i would have great concerns about having someone with this type of personality um running an organization um you know abuse extends out from in in waves from the abuser and um it creates little abusers in its wake and uh um so that's you know that's how I feel about it. Is I'm really glad you brought up the Rory Dame story um, and the, the, all the abuse um, articles that have been coming out. Um, that really kind of ties a lot of the conversation together because I was going to bring it up myself. And then you talked about um, not really a whole lot of people being able to make ends meet covering the sport. And right. I... I I may get emotional here. I apologize because I, in <laughs> fact, did write about the Chicago Red Stars at the time of uh, a lot of these reported instances in 1415 when Kristen Press was there. And right. um, not right. long ago, I had kind of like a connect the dots of like peripheral comments that I heard at the time. And like now mentally you can connect the dots to like, oh, you know, 
there's some people at the in the scene that aren't happy right and you can at the moment you know chalk it up to like you know if you're a coach you're making decisions you know if you're in the team you're out of the team there's going to be emotions both adoration wise and upset wise if you don't you know make those decisions or you know decisions that a coach like he has power over you like you said there's there's power dynamics there and um i guess and to the point of not making ends meet you know if there was more full-time coverage um maybe that sort of situation resolves itself a lot quicker or if it's reported and if someone's covering it full-time um it gets fleshed out just like we've seen just the previous things about richie burke I mean, it, it right. can't be a coincidence that there's a full times uh, women's writers at the athletic and uh, like Caitlin Murray and right. um, Meg Linehan. It's no coincidence that there's like actual full time beat writers out in the world or in America now. And well, these that, stories I mean, are coming to the surface. The, the, the I was going to say the same thing about the athletic employing um, Caitlin and Meg, because, you know, I know that as a writer, um, you know, without in, any institutional support whatsoever, um, I am on a very tenuous perch, you know, um, and um, especially for people trying to cover, you know, women's sports or sports that are on the edge in some way. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times it's a passion project and y- you you know, you, you aren't, you're really kind of only shown what you're shown. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, and like, so having reporters that can do real reporting and get backed up by editors, um, you know, who, who are, you know, when the fact checkers call, like the, you know, they really get things triangulated and, and those denials, you know, just don't stick anymore. Um, and it, it takes – that's what it takes, you know, uh, to to oust stubborn, um, you know, kind of baked in patterns of abuse. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I can't – I think I absolutely agree that the difference is that there are women in positions of power and there are editors um, that are backing them up and that are, you know, that these things are being reported – um, in ways that are impossible to, you know, declaim or play down. Yeah. I mean, we've seen, I mean, pretty much throughout my adult life, I mean, people that are in positions of power over other humans and there is a percentage that will abuse that power in, in all positions, um, in the world really. And so, you know, it's fairly high. I think, I mean, I, you know, like if you want to get into what I believe, I think that, you know, we need a culture of radical transparency. Um, uh, and, you know, I think we're kind of edging that way just with the ubiquity of, of cell phones and cameras and things like that, that we're edging toward a world where, you know, you are just going to be accountable for the things you say and do. And, you know, I think basically you know what, how much of an asshole someone is by how much they're crying about that in public right now. You, you, I mean, it's just a whole generation telling on themselves. I can't say, you can say plenty of things, dude. Shut it down, man. 
You just can't say your blatantly terrible things without right, people exactly. thinking that you can't, a terrible You can't thing just say, say some like passive aggressive, blatantly terrible <laughs> and go <laughs> and expect that the whole like the whole room is going to laugh with you because everyone's hip to the power dynamic now and they're all just like looking at you, you know, with their lips pressed. Yeah, this is uh, totally relevant to being a Thanksgiving week. We're going to hear all those comments. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in-laws got to come over, right? Uh, oh, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but moving moving along um, to another essay you wrote recently. Um, there's definitely been a lot of uh, thought put in. I listened to a number of. Um, like the NGS podcast and the DCFC podcast and just like mm-hmm. wrapping the head around the news, just like the, the, the move that came a couple weeks ago for Detroit city FC going to the USL championship. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed your essay. Um, I really enjoy um, that. You kind of throw some quotes and you write on your um, Patreon um, words about shapes. Uh, you have a poetical, <laughs> yeah um approach to to writing about the game um uh tell us more about uh, i really appreciate i really liked your their, your essay about the, the change to usl kind of walk us through um if, if anything is if you've thought added any thoughts since then um you know i think that it's telling to me that nisa hasn't come out and um made a statement about how the things that people are saying about them aren't true. Um, Because really, you know, you could go behind this really quickly with some money and clean up all these bills and, and say, Hey, and there's an extra X in it for you to not talk about this. And, you know, and then go out in public and, and, you know, flounce on your fainting couch and say that the, the mean people that are saying mean things about Nisa are just mean. Um, and the fact that they haven't done that, like, you know, that's what I expected them to do, honestly. Well, in the piece you talk about, especially about the, the face you got from, uh, was it George Chamakov when you were talking about it was the same trophy? Um, right. That's like a... I, you run into a lot of, uh, I call it the just like caveats that exist in American soccer. Uh, do you think that, uh, um, you, I've heard actually relief too, that maybe these sort of things will be in the rearview mirror. I'm sure there's yeah, going to be caveats well, with USL stuff. Uh, I like, mean, but. like the, the, the headspace I was in when I was writing the piece was trying to like, because I understood like, and it really has happened very quickly. Like if you read, if you go back just like a, a week back from that USL um, piece, not even a week, you know, a less than a week, I wrote a piece that was called uh, Nisa Intervention. That was like a little, a little one act play that where it, it, it imagined like some of the stakeholders in Nisa, like having the intervention with the, with Nisa an embodiment of Nisa itself and saying, look, look buddy, you know, here's how you've heard us. Um, <clears throat> And so, like, at that point, um, you know, those things were still kind of – there were there were rumors that were kind of coalescing very quickly in the uh, – you know, I'm mean, getting from several different angles, you know, stories of non-payment and, and you know, we had the ongoing ref situation. Um, but payroll is always more complicated than just, like, cutting checks for, for invoices, you know. Um, 
and but they weren't doing that either. Um, and that's that's where it started to like all the alarm bells went off. And you know, um, hope <clears throat> hope is what sours to bitterness. You know, you have to think something might be good to give a once it dies. And you know, realizing that the thing we hoped would be a vehicle for um, us to make a difference in the um, in the landscape of U.S soccer and show that there was another way to do it was in fact just a grift where we were getting they were trading on our you know our kind of Q rating and our pull to you know maybe pull something together but like it's starting to look like one of those apps that didn't quite you know like oops we forgot that we're going to have to pay the workers kind of a thing um, the links aren't added yeah exactly and you know that's what so that's the the essay about why we're switching to the USL was was coming from that mind space which is like kind of mourning um, what we hoped Nisa would be and and, and saying look you know um, this is a hard world and we've seen a lot of things uh, over the you know I you know I'm a I'm a child of the eighties which means I've just I have. I, I was an observant kid. Um, you know, I remember Reagan winning in 1980. I have literally watched the United States and the idea of it just get gunned down by, um, you know, hoarders of capital. And, um, you know, <laughs> I am I am I am a discouraged person who just wants to see some football now. Um, and that's, that's the kind of mind space I was in when I was writing that piece and USL, you know, sure, maybe we can help, uh, transform it in some way. Um, but at this point I'm, I'm focused more on, um, you know, micro games and, uh, making things right locally. Um, and, you know, the machinations of U.S. soccer and the billionaires that are clashing by night is something that I, I really can't afford to get super stuck into um, a lot of the time. Yeah, that's like uh, back to the pain, the reporters and what you just said is like, you know, we don't get the time back. So it, we have to make all the time we have count. Um, and there's only so much you can pour into certain aspects and yeah, enjoy the soccer because from uh, international things like playing a world cup in Qatar to the things we just talked about in yeah. uh, the women's game, there, there's a whole lot of caveats to, 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 to discourage us. But I guess between the, the, the whistles and then if you're, you're honing your craft and writing, and I assume that you uh, still love the process of, of the writing, I guess, do you, after how long have you done it? And do you still have that same love of the process? Um, you know, I do. I, 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 I like the, I like the headspace I get into in order to write. Like I, <clears throat> I, I use a lot of kind of like wordless music. Um, and sometimes, but really a lot of times the writing happens very quickly. Like I'll, I'll kind of, ponder on something for a while you know i'll have it sort of germinating overnight a lot of times um i'll, I'll go to bed um 
with kind of a seed of an idea and like my subconscious grinds on it for a while. And then the next day I'll write it, you know, fairly quickly. Like I think the, the uh, USL why and why now piece was, you know, 90 minutes, um, like beginning to end, like, okay. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, I've, I've always been able to make words, goodly (laughs) um talking words good excellent time yeah and and um you know and i'm fantastically adhd um so that i've i've not really um monetized it the way i probably could have um and you know the the patreon um is is an effort for me to um to, to do the work in public a little bit and um uh and hopefully you know show people like ways to see the game you know um like that's the because it looks so it's such a glorious thing to me and uh you know i just wanted other people to feel the same way yeah definitely uh, i i really like how you um inject definitely uh, there's a different tone to your writing than uh a, a, a match report or other columns i've read especially i mean we're covering michigan soccer and there's not a whole <laughs> lot of people um you know doing the things that uh we're doing and then i wanted to say yeah. about the writing as someone who has done writing and then writing about specific team uh it really getting into that headspace you're speaking of, that's really a muscle and um, <laughs> I'll go months without. And then during um, the summer club season, I'll have to bust two, three things out a week and right. <laughs> I can't do that in December, but uh, you got to get that brain muscle going and uh, yeah, you really have to get into a certain zone for sure. I, I think that, um, you know, if you if you want to get into like the hardcore writer nitty gritty stuff, like I, 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 something that really helped me is that after I got out of college, I didn't really know what I was going to do, um, and I got a job as a stringer at a local newspaper, just banging out stories for twenty five bucks a pop, um, like covering high school basketball, and um, you know, I did that for I don't know a couple months before they offered me a full time job and then i so i was like a you know an old-fashioned sports writer for five years um where you're writing you know you go out and cover a high school event and then come back and take calls and and write the all the interstitial copy for like the little high school box score thing and you know it's just a lot of cranking out words um where you get you get and that, that really gives you a lot of facility with um how you can the many different ways you can manipulate like a sentence structure to say this, you know, the same thing in in different orders <laughs> because you're, you know, what you're doing is very repetitive. Um, Get busting out that thesaurus. Yeah. Well, you know, just, just trying to find a different way to say the, you know, uh, the Carol Cougars d- defeated the Lewis cast Kings in, in boys basketball, the, the 79 to 65, with you know Derek Cooper leading the way with twenty three points and twelve rebounds, um, 
or whatever. <laughs> just, or whatever. Yeah, that was very specific. I actually just, I mean, that was, I mean, the, the high schools are uh, real, but the Derek Cooper is not a real. I mean, there are, I'm sure there's lots of Derek Coopers, but I just made that up. Coming back to just uh, Michigan soccer in general, uh, on this episode, uh, we talked in a previous segment about uh, expansion the USL 2, and now that uh, obviously DCFC um, is in a professional level, obviously the top level of USL, and then yeah. um, I guess I'll, I'll backtrack a bit. USL 2 went from just being the Bucks and then sometimes Kalamazoo to uh, almost a half a dozen teams. Right. And then now the, the, the leading professional team is, is within that structure. Um, I keep on coming back to the, uh, the, the, uh, the Marvel universe is that meme that I am inevitable. And I feel like we might be, um, do you think that we're in the, uh, USL close to end game movie right now here in, uh, Michigan soccer? I mean, I, I think, you know, yes, um, although I, I, Detroit City is not going to put a USL2 team together next year, um, as I understand it. Um, they're they're going to focus on their academy and, and you know, tr- because, because USL2 is basically a separate project. You know, you're recruiting college players um, to come play for you for that short season. Um, it's not, and, and I think that the what they got from from the under 23s this year was that the length of the season is not really sufficient for it to work in a developmental context um you know they're basically just it's cool and you know we got a good a good group of guys together and they play they balled out but like um yeah i I think that they're they're focused more on on the academy right now yeah, uh, selfishly, um, I'm I'm hoping that Detroit doesn't also enter for uh, OCFC's uh, uh, scouting <laughs> abilities. But yeah, the the short season always leaves you wanting more, and I'm sure the players, um, you know, it's a it's a balancing act uh, with lots of caveats with how the summer club season worked. But I also meant that the the USL end game sort of thing, like it just became the inevitability that right. you know the 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 league that you're in, Nisa kind of had a sliding scale from the original concept to actually what it ended up being when it launched into what it ended up being now that, you know, it operated um, this, this year for the quote unquote, right. like most normal time um, that just like, it just became to the point where I guess, you know, it's USL, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the, so I worked for Detroit city for a year and a half. Um, I was a restaurant manager for them. Um, uh, this is right before COVID hit, you know, and uh, the, the guy that kind of is the secret sauce the inside of Detroit City, in my opinion, is is one of the owners. His name is Todd Crop, and he is um, he is a, a, a manager, um, a, a details guy, a uh, um, he 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 knows. Um, how how he how he hopes things are going to be structured and he and he holds people to standards and um the thing i see from usl makes me think that they've got some guys like todd in the in the organization they um um they follow through on their commitments um and you know 
I have I have issues with uh, some of the decisions and things that have gone into particularly stadium deals um, for this league, but it is the it's the way things are right now, you know. So I mean, they're, I think they're only they're flourishing within their environment, and um, you know, you, it, it, we tried to make an alliance um, out of ideological purity and um got played so um that's you know <laughs> we're moving on from that <laughs> i think in american soccer too we we do have to keep in mind like i think there is slack to be given or some some modesty needed i know it's difficult lots of egos and then we're in the the the, the world of big money really um right. but modesty is like Okay, so we started with some good ideals, and I guess Detroit City FC had you know a ten year jump on most of these guys. I I guess it's just you know, is there any like we we obviously the non payments I mean, and all that, that sort of thing? But is it fair to say like you know baby steps to a certain degree? For I, I a, think that you know there's no reason they can't write the ship, and you know, but it will involve um, it'll involve paying their bills and. Um, holding people actually accountable for for what happens within their organizations and the way their organizations um you know are 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 building for the future and when you see you know when you, like one of the clubs refuses to sell tickets you know no you can't get in if you're not on the list you can't get in that's the LA force they just won't sell you a ticket sorry um what is that? How 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 do you have a league where a team is just like nah? How do you have a league where a team is just like ah? We really we really really are disappointed the referees' uh, decisions from last match, and so we're just not going to go to this match this weekend. We're not going to go, and and there's nothing you can do to make us, and and nothing happens, and no points are deducted. It's just like well, okay. Yeah, um, that was that really was the tipping point. That that you know. There, but I mean, there's no reason they can't write the ship and and actually start doing the things they need to do. I just the fact that they have not done so up to this point, you know, makes me think they, you know, for some reason they can't, um, or they're just so ineffectual and disorganized that, you know, they they can't figure out how. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, without there being USL or MLS team in the state of uh, Michigan previously, um, I guess mm. Lansing Ignite exception. Um, do you think that uh, the with the US uh, USL championships uh, sphere, do you think that would be more promising for writers looking to be you know jump that hurdle from passionate to like you know staffer? I mean, you know, unfortunately, the the entire um, workspace for journalism has gotten hollowed out um, since I was that cub reporter. You know, that like those positions that I'm talking about right now just don't exist anymore. Um, so um, <laughs> that'll change in like late '90s, right? Right. We, yeah. You know, and it continues to go out. There's that. You know, these. Um, Newspapers 
uh, you know, had had a lot holding classified ads. I mean, I don't want to run through the whole history of you know the media. Um, but, That's fair. <laughs> uh, you know, um, basically, newspapers for uh, two generations were cash cows that were easy money um, that you know really didn't require much thought to bring a budget together. Um, and that's obviously changed a great deal. Um, there just aren't jobs for, you know, feckless young writers. Um, but there are lots of stories to be told out there. And yeah, sure, the USL Championship, I mean, you know, it, it seems to me that there's a league, um, that it's a league that has some passionate, you know, fan bases. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay obviously turned out. Uh, for for has turned out for some matches and and like you know we're going up against kind of the thing the exciting thing from a Detroit City supporter standpoint is we're going to be going up against organizations that are on our level you know that are not going to be it's not going to be like where you roll into town and you realize that this other team is really just like these three guys and two balls of bags and these 20 players like oh you know, like, um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I saw the attendance numbers for the USL playoffs were, you know, six, seven, eight thousand. Uh, right. I think maybe even eighty five hundred. I saw, but I right. mean, that's the right in the ballpark at Keyworth, right? Right, exactly. I mean, you know, um, uh, technically, I think we we've only ever drawn seventy eight hundred or something. But I mean, um, the I, I this is I think that the <laughs> I think the fire marshal number at Keyworth is outdated. Um, and it's never gotten updated because we've opened huge new sections of the stand since that 7,000 number came out. Um, and I, I really think that like for the NISA championship and on July 3rd, I think there was probably around 9,000 people there. That's what it looked like to me. I mean, it was just, it was just packed from end to end, uh, on the supporter side and the sitting side, um, in a way that I haven't seen since, you know, like the St. Pauli match. Yeah, that 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 was a special day. I mean, that's a, talking about slices of time. I mean, at that moment, it kind of seemed like for that couple of weeks there that you know the uh, the the the, 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 the disease was, was going away, and right, you know right, we, we right. it seemed like a homecoming. People hadn't yeah. seen in years. I just was bumping into people left and right, and I sat with yeah. my friends, and it was packed, and they won, and there was a trophy, and it was like happy times and yeah. then uh it's it's it really this stuff really <laughs> lays importance of like you know moments in time yeah you know um uh like we uh we were joking at the last at the last home match that we we should say so long and thanks for all the trophies and then we did the um we did the tifo that we never got to display that was so long and thanks for all the trophies um this really was a special year um, for Detroit City, and the team was very was incredible. Um, uh, you know, it, an incredible year for the having the women play a a, re, a full schedule. You know, yeah, um, that's how I started and, the summer too, going out to those right. And and the, I mean, and the women's team is you know obviously kind of a. I've, I write a lot about how teams are organic things and they kind of have to grow together. And I feel like um, in some ways the size of the talent pool that we brought in almost prevented that from happening. Like, um, you know, we just had so many good players that were all kind of around the same level. It took a long time to figure out who could do what where and, and then the season was over. 
So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to having a women's team that will be on the same level as the men's team and be like a coherent roster that you're kind of watching them build together and, and grow their games together. That that's the part of this that I love. And, and, uh, um, you know, we had a ton of that this year with Detroit city, um, watching these guys, you know, get better and better. Yeah. Good news to end on. I think, uh, platforms to come for, uh, excellence to, to shine in our region. Right, right. Um, could you tell, uh, the listeners, um, where to find your work? Uh, yeah, I, am. Um, my, uh, Patreon is at patreon.com, uh, slash words about shapes. Um, that's kind of been my, what I call my, uh, um, individual pieces, you know, um, since I, back when I ran hot time in the old town in Chicago. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find the stuff I write. I usually, you know, a couple pieces a week. Um, and if you, if you like it, uh, for three bucks a month, you can support it. And then you get like, you unlock some stuff. Um, so yeah, that sounds awesome. Thank you for sharing that before I let you go. Uh, this is a question I'd love to ask you. Um, could you, uh, relay, what is your favorite goal that you've seen in person and you can even connect that to, or what was your favorite, uh, um, goal to write about either one? Oh, okay. Um, you know, I did not see Mondi with the right foot live. Um, if you go back to, and, uh, if you go back and read the story I wrote, I was there was a kind of an altercation. Um, a, a guy had smacked a little kid with a with a flagpole, and my wife had, had uh, interceded, and I was, um, you know, helping with NGS stuff there at the end of the match when Mondi won won us that match. So can't say that one. Um, really, I think Ryan Peterson's in terms of like goals that kind of made me you know gasp in in person and like you know um was the goal that ryan hit against uh against oakland to win the fall championship um because that was a real like ragtag fleet kind of team like they like we weren't really Detroit city wasn't really planning to play in the fall and and like they kind of were hastily thrown together and and, you know, uh, Cyrus and Bakey didn't come back until the tournament started. Like they were kind of roped in right at the end and weren't in shape. Um, and that goal was so, was such a ridiculous bit of skill, you know, out of nothing, um, to win the match. And there was no one there. Like I was just alone in the other end zone, you know, kind of like, did that go in? It did. Oh, oh my, you know, you're looking around, there's no one else there. Like I'm, I'm the only one there to write about it. And there's, there were literally no fans. It was at the height of the pandemic. Um, yeah, I, I, I really wish there had been someone there that I could have, you know, jumped up and down and hugged. Um, uh, but instead I just kind of was like, Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, started rewriting my lead. That's awesome. That's an awesome story. Uh, yeah, doing some air fives with uh, yeah. your, your friends that are there in spirit, I bet. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I'm not supposed to be cheering, really, because uh, I'm in the press area. But 
there's no one else here. Um, yeah. <laughs> made a quiet little fist pump well yeah, sean exactly. spence thank you so much uh for for joining us i, I really appreciate uh and thank you for joining uh michigan soccer central Podcast. Uh, you know I, re- I appreciate the time thank you welcome back listener final segment of this week's episode of michigan soccer central i do have an additional note of clarification for the first interview uh, I checked in with Coach after we got off of the recording. Uh, Mr. Lewis Robinson will remain the head coach of that group that was in the UWS and uh, will continue with them in their uh, step into the USLW League. And um, the news of the men's appointment for the USL2 side will be coming in the approaching weeks. This week's Team of the Week is Great Lakes Christian College women's side who just won the NCAA Division II WSOC National Championship. Congratulations goes out to the Crusaders. They were the number one seed and they beat number two seed Arlington Baptist 2-1 Saturday down in Florida. Uh, GLCC's Casey Conine was awarded the tournament's most outstanding players. Well, so congratulations to Casey and to the Crusaders of Great Lakes Christian College. If you know a team who had an outstanding week or did something on or off the field that you would like to nominate them for, send it in to the social media messaging of We Are Soccer, our partner in uh, putting together these... uh, teams of the week we want to shine a light on as many awesome teams here in michigan or send it into michigan soccer central social media send a direct message as well send us who it is and why you want them to be the team of the week so that does it for this week uh i think uh it's been a lot of big news in the last couple weeks uh trying to shine a light on as many perspectives of all this news as possible so thank you to jenny hasnaki for editing the episode thank you to michigan soccer central and dan and uh all the guys there for helping put all this together and thanks to you listener for checking in for another episode of michigan soccer central so until next week my name is robert kerr everybody enjoy your holidays and enjoy your soccer